Welcome to Good Morning, the podcast on a mission to open up the conversation around grief and loss with honesty and humour. Hosted by Sally and Imogen, we interview interesting guests to hear how losses shape their lives. Join us as we laugh, cry and drop the odd F-bomb. Welcome back to the Good Morning Podcast. Good day, good day. Good day indeed. How are you, Em? Yeah, I'm not too bad, Sal. How are you doing? I am really, really well. Lots of exciting things happening for us on the Good Morning front over there, the last week. There is. So as you guys may have already seen, if you're part of our Instagram community, we've dropped some very exciting news this week about some upcoming guests. And so one of them is... David the Medium. Which is weird because our last episode that we released, we were talking about how you got a slot with him and I didn't manage to get a slot and we were kind of, you know, talking about how amazing he is. And how devoted you were that you weren't going to get to speak to him. I know. And now we're interviewing him in a few days. So it's very exciting. And the weird thing is we were both having readings with a medium. And when I checked my Instagram, the good morning Instagram, after the session with the medium, David had replied to our message. I don't know whether there was something the going on there. The universe sent him to us. Yeah, so <laughs> thanks universe because we're so very excited. We are going to get so woo-woo, so stay tuned. It's going to be a really good one and a lot of you have already sent in questions for us that we're going to include. So yeah, watch this space. And anyway, we need to debrief about our medium readings. We do. How crazy was it? So good. So you went an hour before me and then yeah. I was straight up after you. wonder if she picked up any energy still lingering from my reading. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, God, does she know? that? You know? I didn't tell her. I didn't want to spoil it. But obviously, like, you and I came up a lot in the reading and everything that we're doing with Good Morning. But I didn't, like, I didn't say anything. I didn't say your name, nothing. So I didn't want to spoil it for when you got your reading because she'd be like, oh, yeah, just spoke to him and she told me everything about about you so I kept it my lips sealed she did say quite a few things in my reading about uh, like our energy how we're connected you know how sort of our, our bonds are quite strong how we've got a lot you know we kind of lived quite parallel lives which I know we talk about a lot I think you should tell the listeners though about the butterfly story oh my gosh okay so I the night before I got my reading I was just having quite a griefy moment and I was sitting outside in the dark by myself and thinking about my mom and I thought fuck it I'll just talk to my mom so I started talking to her I'm like mom I'm getting a reading tomorrow a psychic reading come through come and talk to me and you know it's just so that I know it's you just tell me butterflies Right. And so when I was getting the reading, I'm like reading halfway through the reading, the medium said to me, she said, look, this is going to sound really corny, but your mum is really wanting me to tell you butterflies. I mean, just what? That is just incredible. What the hell, right? Like you can't even make that up. And even even the medium was saying like, oh, it's super corny and I know that all psychics talk about butterflies or whatever, but she's like, your mum is really strongly coming through saying, please just get that message to her and I just got chills I was bawling my eyes out on the Mm. on the phone to her and must be a really nice comforting thing to think you know that that perhaps she's around you and yeah kind of yeah it gave me that reassurance that she was still with me in some form because we go into these readings I think I always go with a little bit of you know I'm a 
a bit sort of skepticism yeah um and I know that you do too so did you feel like her saying that you're kind of like oh okay maybe mum is around absolutely yeah just the way she delivered it as well it's almost like I could tell she didn't want to say it because it sounds super corny Mm. um like oh she's saying butterflies like you know but it was so important to me that she did say butterflies and then I guess you didn't have that in your reading so like how did that happen in mine like the one thing that I asked my mum to tell me through this woman she delivered Mm. which is pretty crazy and there were just so many things that it would just blew my mind this whole conversation um karen ryan from inner destiny guys if you're on the hunt for a new medium she was pretty good i actually didn't ask my my mum for a sign but i think next time i will so maybe before we speak to david i'll you know give her a nudge yeah and you and i was so funny as well we're like let's just not contact her with our with our real names because we're like well she could just look us up and you know know who we want to connect with so we i contacted her through an email address that she couldn't identify me and then paid with Ben's account so she couldn't tie the money like to my name and just gave her my mobile number so she would have known nothing about me it's pretty crazy that she knew so much as well yeah I wouldn't imagine though that she would have time like she must see a lot of people like she probably doesn't have time to sit there (laughs) like researching well this is all stuff that we want to ask David when we get him on this week I know that he has said like you know he there, you know, there are some rogue people out there that, that might do that, but I think she was pretty legit. I would say. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is, from both of our readings, was confirmation that you and I were brought together by our mums, which also makes me cry. It's yeah, it was a really beautiful thing that she said. Yeah. Um, on to our very special guest today. Today, we are speaking with the incredible Alicia Gardner. So Alicia is a fabulous Australian actor and a lot of our Aussie listeners and no doubt a lot of international ones as well will be familiar with Alicia from her role playing Kim on Offspring and she was so great in that series. It's on Netflix at the moment too, so if you haven't seen it yet, you can catch up on it. Such a good show. Such a good show and she also played Rosie in the stage production of Mamma Mia!, She is so lovely, so hilarious, so warm and friendly, and we both absolutely loved this conversation with her. So in this episode, Alicia shares her story of anticipatory grief um, as she had to watch her mum, Pam, um, decline in health after a 10-year battle with early onset Alzheimer's. And we've had a lot of listeners actually reach out to us with similar stories, haven't we? So think that this one will really resonate with a lot of people who have experienced a similar situation we have and she says she has so many important messages and one of them that really stood out for me was just the importance of letting go in situations that are beyond your control and so obviously her mum had early onset Alzheimer's so over that time her mental capacity wasn't what it used to be so Alicia had to kind of try and let go of her expectation of of who her mum was to her as their relationship started to evolve and change as time went on and yeah the importance just letting go and just being in the moment with them is just really important one and also another great message was that when when Alicia's mum did die, she didn't feel close to her for a very long time and she was worried that she wouldn't ever get that closeness again and there came a point, probably I think it was around a year into 
her grief where she started to feel super close to her mom and a closest that she just didn't think that she would get to. So it's that's a good message for anyone who's in their early stages of grief. It is possible. And yeah, Alicia is just the epitome of the show must go on. She's brilliant. Let's bring her in. Hi, Alicia. <laughs> hey, Alicia. Hi, guys. How are you going? Good. Thanks for coming on the show. Uh, thank you so much. This is really special. This is just so special that you've asked me to do this. And I've just loved listening to all your things so far that you've, that you've put up. It's really great. That is oh, so kind. Thank, thank you. you. So, Alicia, many listeners will be familiar with you from your role as Kim in Offspring. Funny, small, fun fact about me is I used to work for um, Endemol and Southern Star who produced Offspring. Oh, yes. So, yeah, small world, but you were absolutely <laughs> incredible on that show. You, how many years were you doing that for? Oh, my goodness. I always look back to how, how old the kids were. Um, <laughs> so my youngest is 13 now and he was one um, when we started the pilot. And I think it was, I think we did like six years or we did seven seasons. So I think it was about six years altogether. Wow. A solid chunk of an actor's life. Very, very grateful. It is. It is a good chunk. Um, yeah. We had a really... It's not a funny day. It was quite quite entertaining in the office because this is a podcast on grief. I feel like this story is quite relevant. Um, mm. So, yeah, I was working at Endemol at the time and they it was the day that they killed Patrick, you know, that, that killed was a Patrick day, off, the, off the show. Like it was a massive day for Australia when he died, yes. wasn't it? Yes, yeah. Do you, st- do you still get people talking to you about that now? Oh, yeah. I um, was so gobsmacked. Like we had people phoning in basically saying that like they can't cope. Like how could we do that to them, specifically to them? Like it was a personal thing. We had people take time off work. Like there was a woman we know that had to take a whole week off work. People were grieving for a character. Oh, Oh, yeah. And, And how incredible that art can do that. So and, incredible. And, and that's in, incredible actors in Matt Linovis and, and, you know, Ash Ketty, like amazing storylines. And, um, yeah, it was a really big time. People still come up and say, I can't believe Patrick died. Still grieving and because Patrick. And what happened during lockdown, lockdown made people, they're all watching. Because it's it. on Netflix now, so, yeah. yeah. It's on Netflix. So so everyone's watching it for like the third time and they're reliving this Patrick F. And, oh. But it was big for us as well. When when I first read it, I went and had the next day I had Ricky with Matt and I was just like, what? What are we, what are we doing? Patrick can't, can't die. <laughs> like Patrick cannot it die. It can't be happening. How are we going to do this? Oh, yeah. it, was harrow- it was harrowing. And right. many listeners will probably be really familiar with, you know, Offspring and and Patrick yes. and you know it's a huge I think huge moment for Australian television but we're here today to talk about your lovely mum Pam um, who passed away from Alzheimer's. Can you tell us a little bit about how her diagnosis came to be? So mum um, first and foremost was very astute, strong, independent businesswoman and uh, run ran multiple hairdressing salons actually around Melbourne and was always very much sort of in control of her life. Mm. And so when she was, I think, I think it was probably in her late 50s, she started just getting a little bit frustrated and confused with little things that would normally not save her. 
And, of course, you don't think anything of it. You just think, oh, maybe she's tired or getting old, you know. <laughs> she she really, in, in her early 60s, just started doing some different things that were really out of out of whack for her. Like we'd go to a supermarket that she, she was really familiar with and all of a sudden she'd turn a different way to leave that was really obvious that that wasn't the way. And she'd go, oh, what am I doing? And, and those kind of things. But, but nothing to the point of where you'd think that it was something to go and get, go to the doctor about. Um, and then she was doing things like ordering, ordering, you know, she ordered compost, three bags of compost online, but accidentally ordered 35. Um, and so the truck backed up to the driveway. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. 35 bags of, yeah, so oh. things like that. So it was just like, what? That's not you. Um, and then the, the turning point was I went on, I went to CG with, I took my two little kids and her to CG and, she, um, in a nutshell, she became very disorientated one time uh, to the point where I couldn't console her. And she, and it was a really simple thing that she, from A to B, and she just couldn't do it. So that was when I, on the plane on the way home, actually, I said to her, how about we go and have a chat to the GP? And it must have been so frightening for her if, as you say, she was a very astute businesswoman, you know, very switched on, to then all of a mm. sudden be feeling a little bit out of control and forgetting things or being confused, like, but mm. not knowing what was wrong until you got the diagnosis. That must that that must have been very frightening for her as well. Yeah, I think so. And I think you, you, there would have been a lot going on behind the scenes that when people uh, with any illness, I guess deal with privately but we we saw yeah so definitely of course as it progressed definitely some like a, a lot of upset particularly when you're out and about and in the community where people don't aren't as understanding and and um she'd get really embarrassed and confused but but then that slowly becomes something that she's not she wasn't really aware of so it's so hard. Like I've lost um, my grandma on my dad's side and my um, grandfather on my mum's side both had dementia and it's mm. just, it's so hard watching someone you mm. love, you know, decline in that way. And do you feel like you experience sort of that anticipatory grief? For sure. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, the, the thing with, the thing with Alzheimer's and dementia is that, each time you see the person, I mean, I was seeing mum daily when I was in Melbourne, um, but uh, constantly there are sort of big chunks missing at different yeah. times. So their capabilities are changing. You know, it can be day to day or it can be, you know, a month. But, um, you know, you'd, I'd catch up with mum and then maybe two weeks later she can't use a spoon to, to, to feed, to eat food or she can't um, drive. And suddenly that, so it changes your relationship with this person, but that happened over 10 years. So you're constantly grieving something that is missing in that person, if that makes sense. So yeah. so one thing that mum used to do all the time was come over and, and hang out. I'm a single mum and that she'd come out and hang out with my kids and, and cook and fiddle around in the garden. And as soon as she wasn't able to drive, this sounds so selfish, but, but it was suddenly like, oh, I don't, we don't have that anymore. <laughs> so I, um, I'm trying really really hard to make sure that doesn't sound self-centered but do you know what I mean like just not at all like I would completely understand yeah. yeah and so so her independence going and and her not being able to go to the shops by herself or not um being able to to yeah to eat properly so or it's like herself. slowly you know little by little yeah. things get taken yeah. away from you Rather than, yeah and there's no of course you know to lose a parent really suddenly it, there's 
there's obviously no comparison to that as well, but it's still these big chunks that that um that kind of disappear. Yeah. So you're always grieving a different part of you know, they might not laugh at a joke that they that they used to laugh at and you're like, Oh, you're not that person anymore. Okay, I'll go with who you are now. Um it's, it's like seeing them fade away gradually in, in front of your eyes. They're still yeah. there in still the there. physical being, but parts yeah. of their personality or things that you used to do that, you know, your relationship was built on are gradually bit by bit sort of fading away. And that must be really hard. Like you say, if you have traditions or things that you used to do together and then all of a sudden, you know, she she's not able to do that anymore, but it's not, you know, but she's still there. I feel like yeah. I would have got like, were you angry? Yeah, because mum and I, so so mum and I were best mates. We we did everything. We we just we um, prior to her getting really ill, we'd chat on the phone five times a day, and we'd see each other every day, multiple times a day. And so I that I was definitely in those few years. There was definitely parts of me getting angry. I, in fact, actually, I'm just remembering now. I took her away to the Yarra Valley. I thought, oh, this would be really nice, just the two of us. We'll go to the cheese factory thing and we'll go to the wineries. And and we went there and because and, her brain is calcifying mm. and she's too tired. So she's away and, and I was trying to get her to do all these things and I was like, we don't have the kids this weekend and we're going to have this great weekend we away. We had it all planned out and, yeah. And yeah. she just couldn't keep up and she yeah. couldn't do it. And um, that I was angry. I was like, what? <laughs> this was meant to be a second weekend away. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? Saying that, but like, and Steve was getting frustrated too. Like, I really want to do these things, but I'm too tired, and I and I'm not understanding why you want to do them anyway. So yeah. you, there's definitely that when someone's deteriorating and and sick, that you still have the expectations that you want them. You want them to be what you've always had known you know, them what to be. <laughs> yeah. And so you got to, I had to, that was actually a weekend of where I had to, I realised I have to lower all of my expectations. It must be so difficult when you're trying to make their life as enjoyable as possible, like you say, taking your mum away for, you know, weekends, but then it sounds like it's very tiring as well because she is not able to to be able to do the things that you used to do and it's probably very tiring. So you scale back all expectations I had to. Mm-hmm. I had. I really had to. We had a big chat um, around that weekend, actually, and I. I just. Um, I realised, yeah, my expectations were too high, and and um and she was changing, and and she she was still capable in a lot of ways to do a lot of things, but um, it, yeah, it was a, almost a bit of a jolt of a moment, actually, of of going, okay, like we really. Uh, yeah, we have a relationship. I can't just keep it going the way that that I want it to go. <laughs> I have to surrender a bit of that control. Yeah, and accept, and it's that acceptance thing of okay. And actually, what happened was, and oh, it was just so. This was just so amazing over the years to to see, particularly the last, probably the last two years of her life, where with Alzheimer's and dementia, they can say things or do things that make no sense, right? So they can see something or, or think something's happened, but it hasn't, hasn't actually happened. And you can either, you can take two roads. You can go, um, so say she says, oh, John came over today with a cake, right? Whatever. Um, and you can say, no, he didn't. 
kid into that? And she'd say, yeah, John came over with a cake today. That's what happened. And because to her, what happened? And you can go against it and against it and against it to try and make her make sense and make her, you know, think rationally. Or you can take the other road of, oh, did he? What kind of you cake run did with he it? Bring? Yeah, and you run yeah. with it, and it was so amazing when we all started doing that, and we all started improvising with her, and going with whatever she gave us. It's kind of one of the things with acting: you get what you're given, and you go with it yeah. with improvising. Um, we, as soon as we all did that, it was yeah. so amazing. She was so much more comfortable and relaxed, and she was herself. So wow. we were getting a different part of her, even though it was totally different to what we were used to. We weren't confusing her and frustrating her. And in the turn, in turn, we were also having a fun time because it was kind of hilarious, some of the things. That's what I was going to say because we, we sort of ended up taking the same approach with my grandpa and, like, some of the stuff would come out with it's just like, sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? But it, you start to, I guess, see the humour in a really fucked up situation and oh, it really it. helped. Like, that comic relief, like, I'll go and see him at the – nursing home and the stuff we come out with you'd be like oh you know take a seat we're at the rsl i'm like oh cool like what's on the menu he's like you can get anything you want here it's great they just bring it out to you i was like oh wow so he's like you don't have to pay for it and i was like oh cool cool we're at the rsl and we're just yeah we're at the rsl whatever you want us to do and he'd have this imaginary girlfriend and like it was just it ended up being quite fun sometimes because it's like I don't know, you just let go and, and be in the moment with them and, and it's, all, it's all you can do, isn't it? Yeah. We, my mum had an incredible sense of humour up until the very last second and we, you know, some of the time didn't know what she was laughing at or what the jokes were about. But it's kind of like in those last few years, it's like having a child and sitting with a kid and just being in imaginary play. Yes. Um, which is really magical. If you can just let yourself sit in it and, like when mum was in the nursing home, um, I'd just go and and particularly when I didn't have the kids with me actually and I'd just sit in there and go, okay, I'm going to give myself an hour or two and I'm just going to go with whatever happens. And, you know, one minute we're sitting there talking about random things and next minute we're pulling the, the paintings off the wall <laughs> and we're packing up our things and suddenly we're going on a holiday, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> go with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the um, sense of humour doesn't go. Like it was the same with, sorry to keep, you know, comparing it with my grandfather, but he his sense of humour was so wicked and it was there right until the end. And I thought that was so fascinating that like you, you're you losing your mind but you, your humour is still there. It's the one thing that, yeah. like how? It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. I, um, I was fascinated with all that. Mum's um, humour was definitely still there but one thing that, I was always worried about when she first got diagnosed. I, I, everybody said it was kind of the common thing when people say, oh, she's got Alzheimer's, so she's probably going to forget how who you are. But mum never forgot who we were. It was so oh, weird. Wow. I, even to yeah. the very last second, she knew exactly who we were. She didn't couldn't say it, but we could see. She just knew. The other amazing thing that happened, um, so mum passed away on January the 9th, and a few days before Christmas, um, I went in there and they had some people doing Christmas carols. And mum at this point was non-verbal. She was in a wheelchair. She, you know, she, she was only a few weeks from passing. And she, I, I sort of wheeled her into this beautiful little lounge room and they're all singing Christmas carols. Anyway, I've got a video of it. She started singing the bloody carols. 
she started singing the Christmas carol. She hadn't spoken what? for, I'm going to try not to cry, but she hadn't, hadn't spoken for a long time and suddenly she knew, I don't know, I can't remember the song, but she was, oh, there was a few songs that she was singing word for word with this huge smile on her face. That must have been an incredibly moving moment for you. Oh, amazing. You know, Aww. it's one of those little videos that's really, really special to me and to the kids, yeah. Amazing. When it was Mum's anniversary um, last January, um, I actually I didn't I didn't know how I was wanting to spend the day and and what what to do. I hadn't hadn't made any plans, but I just instinctively that day just sat through the videos and photos, and I, I was showing my partner. We just sat there and talked about it for a few hours, and it was the best way to spend the, the time. You just don't know, do you? Like you don't know no. whether you're going to want to sit in it or whether you're just going to want to you know keep busy and one thing that I did know is that I didn't want to be in Melbourne which was weird I was oh. like get out of here get me out get me out get me out don't know and I was that was building up so I actually went to Adelaide I had a, a few friends doing a show in Adelaide and I was like just get me out so I went to Adelaide and spent I think four or five days there and um one thing that I knew that her mum mum's favorite treat was a magnum ice cream and um, it's kind of been our thing ever since, well, always actually. It's the birthdays and things, it's always get a Magnum. And she'd have one pretty much every day, actually, the last few years of, of her life. Oh, um, good on it. And so I knew that we <laughs> had to get Magnums. So Tim and I ended up at some point that day, we just said, let's just go to the beach and get Magnums. And that's what we did in Adelaide. <laughs> and it was perfect. It couldn't have been better. I love and that. I couldn't have planned it. So. I just think that from now on, I just won't plan anything, just let it happen. And But I know people definitely need to plan. So, Kind yeah. of also want to run away. I've been feeling like yeah. I want to run away since it happened, to be honest. But we can't because of <laughs> yeah. COVID. That's another thing. Like we're all grieving oh, in this weird what? time. Oh, we... I don't know how people – I just, yeah. I've, I've had a few friends that have lost parents during, during lockdowns and things. I just – I don't even know. I don't know how people are dealing with things. How has COVID been for you with your grieving process? Uh, I know. <laughs> locked, in, locked in a house with teenagers and younger kids. Tell us all about uh, it. It was massive, mm. but it probably meant to be. So we, I spent probably six months to a year after mum's passing in complete denial and just decided to live my life as well as I could. And it was all, I constantly said to people, we have one life. It's really short. You've got to make it great. And I had this thing of, of spend the money and do the things and go to the places and hang out with all the people. Busy, 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 busy. And then bang, lockdown. <laughs> um, deal with your grief, Alicia. Yeah. Um, so it might have been so a bit of a, not a wake blessing. up call, but a blessing for you. Uh, totally, totally. Sit in your stuff. Mm. And, um, and I, and I have, and it's been incredible. I've, I feel like I'm grieving in a different way now. I'm, yeah, it's hard to explain, but um, definitely has been a huge gift having been locked down um, and sitting in it. Yeah, writing and reading about stuff and looking at the photos and talking to the kids and doing all those things rather than distracting myself from what's really important. <laughs> And finding our podcast as well, you did, <laughs> during lockdown. And, and yeah, listen to you guys. <laughs> Lucky know, you. And, crying. <laughs> and all the crying that I didn't do. Like. Yeah. So do you feel like <laughs> you were, do you feel like you were just numb 
earlier on when you were in that denial uh, phase? I didn't feel numb. I felt, I felt, I felt like she, her thing would have been just go and live your bloody life and have a great time. Yeah. And so, like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit around and mope. I've got to go and mm. and kick goals, and I, um, which I did do. Like, I had a great year, but um, but I also. I didn't actually think about the fact of stopping probably really healthy too. It's easy to just be busy and keep busy and and you're kind of thinking about your grief a little bit but kind of also pushing pushing it aside. I definitely did that in the first few months of my mum passing. I just kept so busy. I mean, I didn't really have a choice because I had to sort mm. for a state out, but I mm. was so busy and like didn't stop and then it kind of hit me and I was like, okay, I need to sit in this because it's not going to mm. go away. I feel like you're always busy, Sal. I am. Sal is so fucking busy. I'm like, yeah. slow down and breathe. Like when I got here today, I'm like, Sally, deep breath. She's like, I'm just so busy. I'm like, Sally, breathe. <laughs> okay. no, really easy way out. I definitely had that, all of that dealing with prior to mum passing away too because I was doing a tour. I was doing Mamma Mia um, when mum was really ill. So in the last year and a half of her life, I was touring around the country and um, massive production like massive, huge massive production. production like no, that's not you know no small feat here in Mamma Mia and that must have been it, so hard like oh, tell us. oh my god it was so hard because you know it's not it wasn't a you know dramatic play as such it was bright shiny glittery sparkling wonderland and I was grieving too knowing that mum was baptized in fact she passed away six weeks after I finished and I was coming back to Melbourne, flying back to Melbourne once a week to see her. And so those big chunks that I was talking about before were becoming bigger. So, I was, <laughs> you know, I'd mm. fly back, spend the day with her, fly back, you know, back to Sydney and do the show and be all sparkly and smiling, and, um, smiling, yeah, switching it, it on. Like really hard time. Jazz hands. <laughs> it, just, yeah, it just meant that some things I had to sacrifice and I had to, I had to, Meditate. Meditation was like my my key. I just every show, I was really antisocial actually for a lot of it. I just had to I meditated for about an hour prior, just to get myself present yeah. <laughs> in work mode and um, put all that stuff aside just to keep going. Um, you've got to just do that. Don't you? You've just got to do whatever that thing is that you need to do to get through that. Sometimes it's so many things. You've just got to, yeah, you've got to do yeah. it. Did, did the rest of the cast kind of know what was going on for you or did you keep private um, with a lot of it? Or Yeah, I, I, yeah, to, probably to my detriment. I, I um, Look, um, I had two um, girls that I worked closely with, Jade Westby and Nat O'Donnell actually, who were just um, literally held, held me up sometimes and um and and likewise for them you know life happens and stuff happens and and that's part of our job you have to just get on and do it despite what happens behind the scenes but um but definitely I am eternally grateful for those two and um and for the show because the show was this beautiful place to be for a few hours um I was going to ask that question actually did you find that those you know the hours that you were performing in a way were moments of respite from thinking about it and you know a bit of an escape yeah a bit of a break from what is an all-consuming thing yeah yeah it definitely was um and being in different cities was also great it was a weird time to decide to do the tour because mum had just been put into the nursing home 
I had been doing a lot of the things for her and with her leading up to that. And so it was almost like leaving a child um, mm. in another state that was unwell. It felt, it felt like that. And, and having to sort of say to my, my brothers and my dad, you know, like, are you guys cool with this? And, and it was always, always came back to mum would have wanted me to do that, like for sure. She, it would have been a no-brainer to go on to her. Um, so, but did that, um, did that come with a bit of guilt, even oh, though you know that that's what she would have wanted you to be doing? Oh, guilt the whole way through. Yeah. The whole, every, every day. I shouldn't be here. This is, this is ridiculous. Like, and particularly at coming back and seeing her deteriorate so much each time. You know, when I, when I left, she walked into the nursing home as a low-care resident. When I came back, she was in a princess chair, unable to move and talk. Mm. So I, that's the way it is, and, and that's the choice I made, and that's what she would have wanted me to do. And she came to see the show. Did she? Um, yeah, Dad brought her to the show, oh. one of the final ones in Melbourne. Um, and she just, yeah, I couldn't look out, but apparently um, because I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't yeah, want to um, yeah. be there. But, she, yeah, she really apparently just loved it. Um, so That's beautiful. Yeah, can't, can't worry about that. You know, life just has to keep moving on too. And The show must people, go on, as you would know, <laughs> that old thing. Yeah, and people have people that are sick for long, long, long times and, and you know, you can't just Put your life around. on hot, like, <laughs> like, yeah, you can't put everything on hold yeah. otherwise I think yeah. if you do when they do die which is inevitable you've kind of more lost than than you need to be I think if you if you put things on hold and stop you know keep continuing oh. to build that life for yourself you can really lose yourself in the process totally and I, and I look back at that time and you know touring with two little kids on my own and and grieving you know that anticipatory grief and and um Doing a show eight shows a week, I just I can't believe now that I did that. No, <laughs> so how old were your kids going, at the time? So they oh, were still, you know, early around, teens. yeah, early teens, yeah, um, like eleven, twelve, or ten and eleven. Oh my gosh! Um, and I had great. I had a little, uh, not a little, <laughs> a nanny, <laughs> a little nanny. Was she really short? Support. I was going to say a little support team, but I didn't have a little support team. I had this amazing nanny, um, <laughs> and so we we just made it happen. We made it happen. But now, definitely looking back, it's like, what the fuck? How did that? How yeah. did you, someone had said to me tomorrow, "This is what you need to do." I'd be like, "What? I can't do that." <laughs> did you know the end was near? before she passed did you did you have like a stare from the doctors that that she had a few months left I I was in denial the whole time so so even so for me it felt like as long as she was there and able to still look at me mm-hmm. and I was able to hold her hand it felt like that could continue for a long time and I'd heard of people being in that hate to say like sort of end of life state when they can't eat and you know they're they're assisted in every way I've heard people um that survive for a long time and so that was what I wanted that's what I was believing I was just like well we could be doing this for years it's not what I wanted but I was like well okay this is what it is now and so even to the point 
where the day before mum passed away, I went into the nurse's station at the, at the nursing home and said, hi guys, just so you know, I'm flying to Sydney tonight. I'm just doing a job up there for a couple of days and then I'll be back. So just letting you know. And their faces just dropped and they were like, no, no, you're not. And I was like, oh. And at this point I thought maybe we had a few weeks. Like I wasn't in full, full. I didn't think at this point we had months, but I was like, I've just got to do this little short job for a couple of days and come back. And, um, and they were like, no, you're not. And I was like, oh, okay, should I be here then? And they were like, yeah, like you need to stay here. We need you here now. Um, so that was a big one. Mm. <laughs> I won't ever forget that moment because I. Was, was that when you knew that you knew that things were about to take a turn? Mm, yeah, but I still to that point that just shows the power of, of of you know this belief that I thought that we still had a few weeks. Um, crazy. With the so with anticipatory grief, I have I've been doing quite a bit of research on it, and I think mm. one of the common um, emotions that people can feel when their loved one does pass, because it usually, you know, their illness goes over a long period of time. And in your case, you know, your mum's decline was sort of over a 10 year period. Did you feel some relief as well when your mum did eventually pass? Mum, mum never wanted to be, because she'd seen her mother in the same situation. She never wanted to be, um, her, she never wanted her life to drag out um, yeah. where she was incapable to do things. So definitely for her, I was like, all right, okay, you don't have to lie in that bloody chair anymore. Yeah. You don't have to have a syringe to feed you to keep you alive. We're, we're good now. Like you can – so that for me, I, yeah, I, definitely no relief. Yeah. <laughs> I was happy to go in there every day and sit and hold her hand. Oh. Yeah. I guess yeah, it's but, different different for everyone and every experience. And I suppose if you were sort of – yeah, you still felt you had those moments of connection with her, even though yeah. she wasn't responsive, it was still that time that you, you had yeah. with her. Yeah, for sure. So I still had that and a lot of people don't. And so if you're not getting any responses and if you're not um, – and some people have that for years where they come in and they, and they just have blankets. I had that sometimes with mum, but – where they just have this gaze mm. um, and I can imagine a huge sense of, of people that would have relief for sure. And after she passed, did you have a lot to do with, you know, tying up her estate and kind of sorting um, all of the elements out? Did you have a lot of help with that or was it mainly you? My dad was a, a king when it came to a, a lot of things like that yeah. and, and when mum was unwell as, as well. Um, I tell you what, the funeral was the best funeral that anyone's ever been to. Oh, really? <laughs> tell tell oh, us about the funeral. Full production. Oh, my, oh God. my God. It was, <laughs> it was the best. Did you perform? <laughs> no, but I couldn't even speak. Oh. I couldn't even get up. No, I couldn't do the eulogy. I was, no, I had an amazing girlfriend who did it for me, but people came up to us at the funeral like, that's the best funeral. You know, when you go to a wedding, you're like, that's the best wedding I ever went to. Yeah. It was like that. It's like, that's the best funeral I've ever How? <laughs> tell, just, tell us. Oh, I just went to town because the mum was all about flowers and beautiful things. So we had every bloody floral thing. <laughs> like, And it was outside at, a, at an event um, 
garden, at this wedding oh, that's garden. that's nice. It's, that's not in a... Because she was church. always outside. It was all all a reflection of her. And we, we took all of her... So mum was an artist and we took all of her artwork into this big, um, beautiful homestead and we... We, we got all the – she used to bake a lot, but all the things she used to bake, we got it fully catered with all those things. We had magnums and, yeah. So it was it was just – it was fun. We had people – we had friends of mine um, sing and, and play music and it was a really amazing funeral. It sounds like um, a real celebration as well, celebration of her life, which is – It was. Well, that's what it, it should be, shouldn't it? Like absolutely. enough of this whole everyone wear black and sit there and, you know, we need to – I think it's so important to celebrate who they were and, and in that moment. Yeah. Really them hard. A good, good send-off. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I wanted it to be – well, we, sorry. Um, we wanted it to be a reflection of who, of who she was and mum was always wearing bright, Bright lipstick, floral clothes, and I sent a thing out to everyone saying, wear floral things, and, and so everyone was wearing bright clothes, and um, uh, it was definitely felt like her, and I know, like, I was just sitting there going, mum would love this so much, like, she'd be all over it, like, just, we had um, white lady funerals. Um, They're great, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. and mum had a bit to do with them with different things, and so they, it was just, yeah, it was just very, very special. Um, and I'm really glad that we did that. It was all a reflection of her. And um, you said your mum was an artist. Was she a painter or what? Yeah, what she painted. So oh, no. she was a head sub and she also just painted um, nonstop. We have, we have like, this, there's probably 15 of her paintings here just um, of things that would inspire her that she'd just paint. That was kind of her meditation, um, which has now filled, you know, filled our, our homes and her friends' homes. Yeah, it's a lovely way to remember her. And do you do you feel Alicia um, connected to your mum since she passed? Are there moments where you feel her around, or things that you do to connect with her? Yeah, when mum first passed away, a few friends said you'll feel her or you'll sense her. And for the first year or so, that was so frustrating because I was like, "What are you talking? I can't feel her at all." I can't sense her. It, it used to drive me crazy because I used to talk. People used to say, "Oh, I felt this." You know, I felt my mum because I saw I saw this particular flower and it reminded me of her, and I I sensed her. And I'm quite a you know a bit of spiritual person kind of, and I was frustrated. I was like, "Hang on, come on, mum." <laughs> and we had a thing. We had a chat when she was sick, and I said, "When you when you pass away." Let me, gonna, let me know you're here. What's your sign? What's your sign? Come on. And she was like, oh, don't be stupid. That's a good <laughs> chat to have. <laughs> I love that chat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, have the chat. Did she have say anything? Like, like? did you ask her, what animal are you? If, if you No, know, you she, she, just, she laughed it off. She was like, oh, don't be. I don't, I don't, think she's, I don't know what, whether she said don't be ridiculous or something. It was something like that. But then she said, oh, you'll know. You'll know. And so now. Um, and I don't know how this happened. I think the pandemic, I think the lockdown actually, and actually sitting in the grief and dealing, getting all that out. Um, I feel her all the time. I feel her presence all the time. Oh, I just got and chills. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, um, I, I feel like she's kind of, um, instigating some things in my life too, pulling some, Strings a little bit, um, and I see different things, and I go, yeah, like you know, when there's things that happen in your life, and you go, 
I can't, there's no way I'll ever be able to describe this to anybody, but I, I just know. Mm. Um, there's a lot of things like that now where I go, yep, thanks, Tammy, got ya, got the message. <laughs> um, and that, that's been since I've sat in the shit and dealt with it. That is something that Sal and I fully 100% believe that they really have a hand in things when they pass. They're looking, they're looking after us. Yeah. And guiding us and, and putting things sort of in our lap at times when we need them or, you know, meeting people at certain times. Like I, I fully believe oh, that that's okay. our mums. And I think oh. it takes a while to like, you know, sit in your grief, it, you know, and, and kind of go through that process of mourning to kind of come out, not the other end, because you're never going to come out the other end, but, you know, to, to get mm-hmm. to a point where you are able to receive from them and, and connect with them on that level. I think at first when you're in shock and denial mm-hmm. and anger and all of those things, it's probably hard to see through some of that, that mist, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but then once you've kind of sat with your grief and kind of welcomed it in, I think, yeah, those moments of connection. And it's beautiful it's that you see that, yeah, that you're experiencing that and that you feel her. I, yeah, I love uh, so, so much. So much more than I – it's so strange to say this, but so much more than even when she was here in those last few years. That sounds so bizarre. No, like, I, I, yeah, keep going, I mean? keep going, yeah. It's like that, that feeling of that her illness taking over who she was was like a cover almost on her. It mm. felt like, like go away, Alzheimer's. This is not mm. who she is. Mm. She's my mum, and she's a grandma, and she's she's all these fun things. Um, and it took over. But now that's lifted, and my grief is kind of not ever dealt with. But you know, I've I've gone into it, mm. and now it's like all oh, these beautiful things that she taught me, or that I see in the kids. Or a song will play, or yes, yeah. I will see something, particularly at Christmas. Fucking hell, um, it's it's constant now, and I love that. I feel closer to her now than I was when she was really sick. This is so true. I'm like tearing up. Sorry, um, it's, yeah. I've sort of been like feeling that as well. Like of the last nine months have so been hell, like absolute shock for me because my mum yeah. died by suicide. So it's just all been about how my mum died, and it's like yeah. I forgotten who she was and I forgot you know my mum prior to all of the shit that was going on before that and it's like once you kind of come out of this phase which I'm I've only just recently started coming out of um I'm starting to go right back you know and feeling a closeness to my mum which I actually haven't felt for a long long time and like back to when I was a kid and like feeling you know just things that I haven't thought about in years, you know, and all the beautiful things that she she was and, and things that I took for granted and things that I didn't appreciate while she was alive, you know, all of that shit mm. <laughs> we do. And yeah. it's that same thing. It's like I'm moving through parts of my grief and I'm coming into something else where it is I do feel this closeness with her that, yeah, it's hard to explain. It really is hard to explain, but I guess all I can say, I, I, I think for people that are in that immediacy at the moment with their grief is I didn't believe that this was possible. Like for like a good 18 months, I was like, what? She's nowhere. She's gone. Mm. I can't feel her at all. And I didn't think that I would feel like I do now. Mm. That I didn't feel like, I think I'd feel a closeness to her because that just seems like 
she should be feeling, you know, further away than ever. Further away. And, and actually, yeah. and actually she feels so close that, um, like I was on, I was on the beach yesterday and I went, I actually got my phone to call her. And mum used to say this about her mum. So, so my mum's parents and brother died all within a really close time together um, when she was young. And she, she used to say to me, 20 years later, Liz, and I'm still picking up the phone to call my mum. And she goes, it's just weird. <laughs> and wow. now I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm like, that's how close it feels. It's so weird. It's crazy, isn't it? I know. It's really weird. Oh, it's so <laughs> lovely great. though. And yeah, yeah, I guess that's a message to listeners who are maybe new in their grief. Just keep the faith that, you know, that closeness yeah. can come. When you're feeling so far away. Mm. We, yeah. had a, um, yep. we had a weird talking of sort of how they have a hand to play. So Im and I have always said we feel like our mums have had, you know, a hand to play in us meeting because we, mm. we it was a random chance meeting. Both of it was a motherless daughters Australia meetup. Yeah. Um, and, and I am not one to ever kind of reach out to a support group. Like I've, I've got mm. a lot of, you know, really mm-hmm. good friends that can help me through anything. And it was just weird how mm. I just need, I needed something else. I needed more. I needed more help. So I, yeah, reaching out to a support group was out of character for me. And yeah. And I wasn't, you know, I, I went, I was like, no, you should go because it'd be good for you to meet other people that are in a similar situation. But, um, <laughs> But anyway, so we both went and, and, you know, the rest is history. But the other day, Im called me. Oh, that's right. Because you, you, I think you drove past the pub. Yeah, I drove past the pub and I'm like, I wonder what the pub's called that we met up, that, that where oh. I met Sally for the first time. And yeah. the pub is like called after Sally's mum. It's called the Rose Hotel. And I was like, oh, oh my God, it's another that. sign that, you know, and my the mum mums did Rose. this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and you called me, didn't you? And I was like, do you I, know did. what? I didn't even think. Think about that. It I was happens. like, Sally, do you know what the pub's called where we met? She's like, no. <laughs> yeah, the road. Things, things yeah. like that. Yeah, there's little so many, bizarre, isn't it? so many little things like that where I'm just like, I actually yeah. think that our mums put us together to get through this together. Yeah, and you can, they're those things that will, that you just know and, um, and that you can't explain to anyone. You can mm. never say, but, you know, we've, I've I've met him, um, my partner since Mum passed away, and there are so uh, endless things for, that with us that we're just like, what? Just so you, know, you met um, him after your mum had died. Yeah. Oh my god, your mum totally, oh, totally oh, set that up. I, that's a whole. That's a whole other episode <laughs> oh, <tell laughs> of me. all the correlations. Oh my gosh, give us a snippet, give yeah. us a flavour. Oh, look, I'll give you a random one that that's really meaningless to anyone else but to us it's quite profound but you know how it talks about magnums so Uh with the magnum ice creams mum used to have one every night so she'd um put foxtel on and put oh i think it was foxtel and put um find my family that was her thing right she'd watch find my family and she'd put her magnum on the side of the couch and let it melt and it always had to melt to a certain point and then she'd eat it It that is so weird and it happened (laughs) and it happened for years It, it was like that's just what mum did. She put it there to melt. Tim has to have his magnum melted to a certain point. He puts it on the wrapper like mum, right? I know this sounds ridiculous to people, but oh when he first God. did it, I was like, what are you doing? You're melting. And he goes, yeah, it has to sit here for a while before it melts. And he loves find my family. 
Oh. What? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not nobody, a reincarnation of, no, sorry. not a reincarnation of mum, but. Nobody waits for a magnum to melt. Like, that is just too, that's too I've never weird. heard, I've never, ever heard of that. There, there's things like that, that those are specific things to my mum. You know, if I, if, if I said to my family, tell me some things they would say she loved by my family and eating magnums, that would be the thing. And with Tim, that's. <laughs> But there's um, there's a multitude of, of crazy stuff like that. They're, that they're born so crazy. Apart. There's, there's, you know, there's, yeah. So <laughs> also, Magnum, if you're listening, you can sponsor this episode. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just a lifetime supply. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that'll do. Melted to the perfect, you know, perfect point. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. And yeah, yeah, like you say, you feel like she's maybe had a little hand to play play and in, in you meeting him and there are lots of oh, it, it no must doubt. be comforting if there are lots of little similarities and you feel like your mum kind of shines through in in Tim that must be a really lovely feeling yeah and not speaking to him too much but I think he feels that too he's mm. like I, I never met your mum which which I can't believe um but he said I feel like I know her really well um and because of the weird things that have happened to us, <laughs> um, yeah, there's been far too many. To, that is so to, special. Yeah, but also yeah, to is. to kind of you know meet someone and it be a successful relationship while you're grieving, like that's pretty impressive. Like I'm still, I'm like trying to hold my relationship together. He's like, <laughs> you're a bloody mess. <laughs> You don't have someone come in that, you know, hasn't known your mom and you through all of this time and, like, hold that kind of space for you too. That's really, that's something special. It is, yeah. Um, uh, there was a few frogs before. So in that denial time, um, I kissed a few frogs. So, so definitely. Um, <laughs> it's definitely not, you know, something. But, um, yeah, we're nowhere really pretty um we yeah it's amazing timing but also yeah. again it, it had I met him prior you know a year before we probably wouldn't have connected because I hadn't dealt with my stuff right yeah right <laughs> and last question yeah. from us um Alicia what words of advice would you give to someone who has a loved one that is currently suffering from Alzheimer's or some or you know has a loved one that is experiencing declining health patience 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 like patience with the person that's the biggest thing that I wish I had learned earlier just to to go with it to go with what you're given and it might be completely different and your day might look different or your conversation might look different but just go with go with what you're given but actually a bigger thing than that is actually how the community responds to people with dementia and Alzheimer's I think that they're there's a lot of dialogue to happen within the community about that because um, these people can look just like, you know, mum, mum was in her mid-60s and was well-dressed and well-spoken but was coming in, you know, not able to do things at the checkout like she used to do and, and people would be frustrated, kept frustrated. And I saw her actually two weeks ago, a guy um, that was struggling at the post office and the person behind the desk was getting really, really frustrated at him and I had to sort of step in and say, Hey mate, do you need a hand with your card? And and it took about six goes mm-hmm. to get the the code and the password thing. Um, and but we got there. But everyone just needs to be patient because you just don't know these people might just look like 
older people, um, but their brain is calcifying. <laughs> it's as simple as that. And so that their brain isn't working as well as it normally would. It works in some parts, but doesn't in others. And we just have to practice more patience in general. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think that's the biggest thing. That's yeah. a big message for just in everyday life as well. Like, mm. yeah, chill out, give people a break. Like everyone is just, you know, everyone's going through something. Oh, everyone is going through something and you don't know what someone else is like the load that they're carrying or as well. It's just everyone is a little bit kinder. Yeah. That's something that this has taught me too. Like, um, I guess I am a bit more patient now. Um, the other day we were driving along behind someone. One of the kids was like, ah, you know, <laughs> kind of angsty, come on kind of thing. And I was like, hang on, we don't know. That person could be going through something really massive like mm-hmm. we have right now. So, yeah, it's always, yeah, people, are, we, no one knows what anyone else is going through. And, um, and yeah, so patience. There's also Dementia Australia, which is a really good resource for people that are dealing with loved ones with the illness. There's 500,000 of them in Australia That's that have a big number. Alzheimer's dementia's dementia at the moment. It's one of the leading leading killers of people in Australia. Um, so uh, that's an online. They do. Um, they've got a 24-hour phone line for carers and for um, people who are suffering. We'll link them uh, in our show notes as well for any listeners if you so want to access that yeah. information. Yeah, that's great. Um, but yeah, it's just talk about it. And, you know, and don't hide, hide these, these things. It's really one thing I've learned about grief is just talk about it. Because we're all, you know, we all go through it at some point. It's yeah. so important to have the conversation. Yeah. And, and this is load. what you guys are doing. This is what you guys are offering. And I think it's just awesome. Thank it's, you. Uh, really important for, for um, it's like mental health. It's just an important thing to talk about that people go through and it's, um, a really great thing that you're offering. So thanks for that. Oh, hopefully we're starting to, you know, open up the conversation and, and yeah. let people know that it's okay to talk about grief and, and open up about how you're feeling because weirdly, even though we all go through it and it, it's, you know, something that people have experienced since the beginning of man, it's still a bit taboo. Yeah. Thank you, Alicia, for, thanks, yeah, for, for joining us and for sharing your story about your lovely mum, Pam. Yeah. And it's not mm-hmm. an easy thing to, to talk about, but we really appreciate you sharing, you know, sharing your experience with us. Oh, thanks, girl. She would have loved it. She'd feel famous. <laughs> <laughs> thanks so much, Alicia. It's been just awesome. Thank you. So nice to chat with you. Uh, you're both amazing. Thank you for everything you're doing. I really appreciate it. I tell you what, I feel like a magnum now. Oh my god! After all that magnum chat, me too. Oh, Semi melted ego, magnum ego is my go-to. Should we go and get one with the two like thick chocolate layers and then the caramel gooey bit on the inside. Oh, oh! But honestly, that was really a really lovely chat. Uh, Alicia like- is great, and I feel yeah, I'm so glad that she came on the show. It's hilarious, just yeah, amazing human and. I'm off to get a magnum. 